circle centers for Cousins, a shot, and he scores. Dylan Cousins makes it 3-0 Lethbridge. Byram going to take it coast to coast on a backhand, scores! Up to the blue line, Vandalese, the effort, tip, scores! Carson Folk is Mr. Teddy Bear! A deflection. Oh, he scores! It's over! It's over! Game 7, overtime, hero! Hi, hello, and welcome to the WHL Podcast. I am Zach Hodder, the Manager of Player Development for the Western Hockey League, and your host for this week's episode. We have a pretty good show for you this week. Is it our best? Some have said yes, and others have said most definitely. We've got conversations this week with the newest head coach of the Brandon Wheat Kings, Don McGilvery, as well as the second overall pick and the eighth overall pick, which would be Connor Geeky of the Winnipeg Ice and Jordan Gustafson of the Seattle Thunderbirds. But before all that... Time to hop into the news and notes. Not a lot in the way of news and notes this week, but we can start with the Memorial E-Cup, where three WHL teams are moving on to the second round and two WHL teams are moving on to the third round. We'll start with the three teams moving on to the second round, and we'll get going with the Lethbridge Hurricanes and Justin Hall, who knocked off the Quebec Ramparts by a score of 4-3 in overtime. The Moose Jaw Warriors are also headed to the second round thanks to Corey King. He put up a 5-2 victory against the Kamloops Blazers. The Edmonton Oil Kings, thanks to Jalen Lupin, will also be making an appearance in the second round after they knocked off the Prince George Cougars by a score of 3-1. Headed to the third round are the Medicine Hat Tigers, thanks to Lucas Svejkovsky. Uh, you might remember he knocked me off in the first round in a game that is shrouded in controversy, but this one certainly wasn't. Lucas knocked off the Saskatoon Blades and Rhett Reinhardt by a score of 5-1. to one. Joining him in the third round will be Trevor Longo of the Vancouver Giants, after he knocked off the Oshawa Generals by a score of 4-2. to two. You can follow along with the Memorial E-Cup on our website, whl.ca. You can check out our Twitch stream as well, where we'll have all of the games. That's it for the news and notes this week. You can follow everything WHL on our Twitter feed, at the WHL. Mascots in the WHL have come together to raise money for children and communities across the Western Hockey League through the Tees for Toys campaign. That's Tees for Toys. From November 18th until December 11th, you can purchase limited edition holiday-themed mascot-inspired t-shirts. That's helpful to say. Seven dollars for each shirt that is sold will go directly to charities in your communities. This sounds like the perfect Check out the shirts, head to whl.ca backslash tees for toys. First conversation on this week's episode will be with the second overall pick from the 2019 WHL draft. Now, this kid has just gotten better and better, which is amazing to see considering he was such a dominating player as Bantam Year. He started the season with the Verdon Oil Capitals of the MJHL. I had a great conversation with him, and I hope you enjoy it. It's Connor Geeky of the Winnipeg Ice. 
Today, I'm joined by the second overall pick from the 2019 WHL Draft. He is a Manitoba native. He's going to be playing for a Manitoba-based WHL team, one of the newest in the Western Hockey League, the Winnipeg Ice. That is, of course, Connor Geeky. Connor, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Uh, you know what? I can't complain so far. The weather in Calgary has been much better than the previous years I've been here. But let's talk about yourself. You've started this year in a obviously very unique time. But you started with the Verdon Capitals in the MJHL. You've had a strong start to your season. What has your first taste of being a full-time junior hockey player been like? Yeah, it's been pretty cool, obviously. Uh, getting the start in the MJ has been a different experience for me altogether. I mean, uh, it's pretty easy to go from the MJ to the WHL. I mean, just having that little extra jump and a little more experience. And Verdon's a great place to play, so I wouldn't want it any other way. Well, talking about playing in the Western Hockey League, you got your first experience to go to a Western Hockey League training camp last season with the Winnipeg Ice. What was that experience like for you, and what were your takeaways when you left the camp? Yeah, it was uh, it was a really, uh, really good time for me, uh, obviously being uh, only 15, uh, getting into the, the junior hockey life, I guess you could say. So, obviously, uh, Winnipeg's a great organization, and I, uh, I fit in pretty well, I thought, and they uh, took me in as one of their own, which was uh, always easy. Yeah, you got some great leadership on that team with Peyton Krebs uh, as the captain there currently at the World Junior Camp, but you also got to play in seven Western Hockey League regular season games. I've talked to a few players before, the younger guys like yourself who got in their first action last year. There's a big difference between an exhibition game and a regular season game. What was that first regular season game for yourself and kind of what was going through your mind before puck drop? Yeah, obviously it was, uh, it was the home opener, so it was pretty special. I mean, uh, U of M got pretty packed, so I uh, just kind of I kind of tried to get the mindset where I could just go in nice and easy. But obviously it's it's not like that. You get pretty nervous and everything's kind of happening so fast. But other than that, it was great time. I would like it to happen again obviously this year but with COVID you can't really do much about it yeah absolutely you know you're, you're unique in the fact that your brother Morgan has gone through the Western Hockey League as well he's obviously played in the NHL now um, what's it been like to have him as a resource to lean on especially as you get ready to enter the WHL as a full-time player yeah obviously uh, he's pretty special I mean my whole family they all they all kind of know the ropes a bit since uh, Morgan kind of paved a path for me there but yeah, he's uh, he's an excellent resource. I mean, him and my dad and Noah, they all know what to say in, in times like this and what I need to work on. And obviously, they get a little hard on me sometimes, but you kind of need that, right? So obviously, yeah, just he's a huge factor for me. Well, you know, you're a leader in your own right. I mean, we look back on the WHL Cup last season. You got better every single game. And by the end of the tournament, you were uh, far and away the best player, the most dominating player that were there. You guys didn't win the gold. You ended up with the silver. But what was that experience like for yourself? Yeah, obviously, uh, wearing the captain, I got pretty lucky there. I mean, we had a bunch of great leaders on our team. But we had such a tight-knit team that, you know, anything uh, – I don't think much could stand in our way. Obviously, Saskatchewan had a good team there, too, and it was kind of the battle of the two teams that weren't really predicted to be there. So, obviously, uh, it was a great time. Uh, it was a well-fought game and just kind of came down to a battle of inches. Well, this question in a couple of years well, we won't have to ask, but for right now, for the people that haven't seen you play or don't know who you are, can you describe the type of player that you are? Uh, I'd say I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know how to describe it really. Kind of like a skill guy a little bit. I can, 
I like to shoot the puck. I got decent hands, I guess. Not the greatest skater in the world, but kind of let my hockey IQ take over that part of the game and like to see ice and got good vision and can pass through really, pretty much anything. Well, a guy I played with that they said wasn't a very good skater just won the MVP of the NHL. So uh, <laughs> your skating's pretty good in my opinion. But let's move away from the from the ice. Let's move to what you do off the ice. You know, there's more to life than hockey. And it's time to get to know Connor a little bit more. And my first question for you is, if you could go to the Olympics for a sport besides hockey, what sport would that be? Oh, I'd have to say either skiing or it sounds bad, but figure skating I think would be pretty cool. I mean, you see uh, – how they have better edges than any hockey player I know or I've seen. So obviously then they get up there too and they jump. It's pretty dangerous. And skiing is obviously uh, pretty cool. Even just going downhill skiing there, they got some pretty good agility and stuff like that. So for sure those two. When we're able to get back to live events, concerts, hockey, sports, who's a band or musician or artist that you want to go see live? Oh, that's tough. Um, probably Morgan Wallen. It's probably a classic, but uh, he's pretty good. So he's got some good music and everyone enjoys a good time when you're out with him. So uh, yeah, it's, it, that'd, be, that'd be the dream one. Well, Christmas is right around the corner. Um, I'm sure you've asked Santa for a couple presents. What's something that you've asked for this Christmas? Golf clubs for sure. Yeah, mine are, mine are my grandpa's old ones and I think I've kind of outgrown them now. So and they're they're pretty whippy, so ask for some new ones, and hopefully uh, Santa can deliver. Yeah, hopefully Santa does deliver. Well, Connor, <laughs> it was a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, good luck as you guys prepare for the start of the WHL season, but also as you go through the hol- holidays. I hope that you stay safe and healthy. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Big thank you to Connor and Mac Heisinger from the Winnipeg Ice for helping set that up. Up next is Don McGilvery, the newest head coach of the Brandon Wheat Kings. Now, I did not do a good enough job setting him up in the interview, so let me try my best here. Don is a four-time MJHL Coach of the Year. He is one win away from being the all-time winningest coach in the MJHL's history. He's the 2008 Canada West U Sports Men's Hockey Coach of the Year, and he's the 24th head coach in the history of the Brandon Wheat Kings. I'm joined today by the newest head coach. He's the 24th in the history of the Brandon Wheat Kings, Don McGilvery. Don, how are you doing right now? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be here. It's uh, actually lots, wouldn't think there'd be lots of work to do, but there's been lots of work to do and uh, getting ready for the start of the season, whenever that may be. Well, let's talk about that. We got the start of the season coming up in uh, hopefully early January. What are you doing right now to prepare for the season? What does a coach do when, you know, there is uncertainty like this? And just can you give us a little insights into what your team is doing right now? Well, I guess first of all, you know, I, I communicate with the players. I think that uh, trying to, to let them know, know what, you know, what the timeline is uh, as best as we can tell, um, you know, and as a staff, you know, we're, we're, we're getting ready for training camp, you know, whenever that starts. So, you, you know, you have a plan on what you're, you're going to do in the first few days uh, or the first, you know, in the first week, you know, and then just going through, you know, your system checks, uh, going over practice, practice drills, just to make sure you're dialed in on those types of things, you know, looking for new, new ways to teach. Um, you know, that's, that's really what we've been up to. Well, Don, I mean, it's, it's been quite a journey for yourself. You've been a head coach in the Western Hockey League before. You've been actually the head coach of uh, what looks like 
eight different junior hockey teams in your career so far. You've gone through two head coaches with the Brandon Wheat Kings. Now you're the head coach of the team. Did you, did you know that Dave was, had the potential to leave to go to the Jets? Or did it come out of the blue when it came, came, the news came down that he was leaving to go to the Jets? And did you know that you were next in line? Well, there's a couple of layers to that question. I think that, uh, you know, I didn't know Dave was, was in line to get a, a job with the Jets. That came kind of up suddenly. I think that, uh, you know, when the season was paused last year, you know, I felt like Dave would be a candidate for jobs that opened up throughout the NHL. He's a terrific coach, and we, we, we certainly expected that, you know, that he would be have some interest uh, around that, that league. And I, I think that, you know, as it moved along, you know, it became apparent that, you know, he was set on coming back to Brandon and, and continuing what we had started the year before. And I think that, uh, you know, this, this opportunity came out of the blue for him and, I, and you know, it was too good to, to pass up. I think the opportunity to coach your, your son at the NHL level, the highest level of hockey you can and be with your son every day, that's just a, a great opportunity and, and I couldn't be more happy for, for Dave. Oh, what an incredible opportunity. I mean, it, it goes another level too. the fact that Dave also played in the NHL and now he's getting to share that very special experience with his son, Adam, who was in the Western Hockey League when I was playing, which is, uh, you know, time flies, uh, as you know, and I think that leads us to our next question. It's, you know, you've got a real good team right now with the Brandon Wee Kings and, uh, you know, when you have a good team, it's kind of win now. So when you look at your team for next season, what's your expectations and what's that team going to look like? Yeah, I think, you know, when I look at our team, you know, we, we were trending in the right direction at the end of last year. I think we want to continue that trend. I, you, know, you know, when you look at our division, there's some real good teams in our division as well. You know, like, so we, we still have some work to do for sure. And obviously there's players that graduate, graduate from all the teams that, you know, create holes and opportunity for, for the younger guys coming up. We, we like our group of, of players coming back. I think they're excited about coming back. Everybody's excited. Everybody's going to be excited about playing just an opportunity to play games again. I think that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, probably a, a feeling out process for, for the players just to, you know, I haven't played a game in nine months for most of them. So it's going to be different. Um, but I, I think everybody around here is excited about our opportunity that, that lies ahead. A part of being a coach in the Western Hockey League is you're dealing with, you know, 20 year old players that some of them have been to NHL training camps. They've been to, some of them have signed NHL contracts. And then you've got 16 year old players who show up and they have no idea what's going on anywhere. And with the Brandon Weekings, especially with the guys that you have coming up, you have three first round draft picks that could potentially be on the team this season. You've got another two from this past draft. You've got a lot of young talent coming into your system as a coach. How, what's your philosophy of dealing with these younger players and helping them through these first couple of years in the Western league. Yeah, really. It's not, it's not just my philosophy. It's kind of our organization's philosophy is we want our young guys to play as much as they possibly can so that they can help us, you know, in the stretch run, you know, in, and into the playoffs. And I think if you look, you know, the development of some of our young guys uh, last year, Jake chase on took a big step after Christmas and he was a contributing member of our team at the end of the year. And we're, we're excited about those opportunities. We have some real good young players coming in. Uh, it's a tough league. You know, there's always going to be adjustment. There's going to be an adjustment in terms of, you know, they, they've been the top dog on their teams. Now they're coming into a situation where maybe they're not getting on the power play or on a specialty team and they've got to earn their ice time on a day-to-day -day basis. And the biggest thing will be the work habits that, that, you know, we're going to expect from them on, 
in practice and in, and in games and just their attention to detail. So there is a big learning curve for the young players coming into the league, whether they're the top player or the, or the maybe the guy that wasn't picked in the first round. You know, there's still going to be opportunity and those guys have to learn as, as they move along. And just like you're coaching them in a mentorship type role, you've had mentors in your career. Who's been a, a coaching mentor for yourself that's provided uh, clarity and direction in your own career? Well, one of the things, um, you know, coaching in and around Winnipeg, I, I had the opportunity to spend a lot of time watching you know, the Manitoba Moose practice or the, or the Winnipeg Jets practice. So the different coaches, Alan Vino, Paul Maurice, Claude Noel, those guys, uh, you know, watching how they – conducted their practices uh, on a regular basis. You know, I, I had the opportunity to work with Chris Stewart in Prince Albert. He was, he was a very, very good coach, you know, just in a bad situation at that time. And, uh, but he's a terrific coach and has gone on to a, a terrific coaching career. I know, and certainly last year with Dave uh, Lowry, I think that, um, you know, it was basically like having a coaching clinic every day. Like we would come in and talk about different things and, uh, you know, in his his idea, how he approached the game, you know, it was it was uh, something that you know every day you're learning. You know, in the previous years, you're always learning. You're all, you know, where whoever you're working with, whether it's an assistant coach uh, along the way, or or when I was an assistant coach, I you know I kind of stepped out of my comfort zone of being a head coach and general manager, going back and being an assistant coach and and trying to learn as much as I could, and obviously moving back into the Western League the game had changed a lot since my time in Prince Albert. So you're, you're learning how a, a different organization does different things. And it was a real good experience. Kelly McCrimmon, Darren Ritchie, you know, they, they, they had gone through a lot of different things. I, I, you know, Kelly was a guy that I, I would come in and visit in his office and try to pick his brain when I was coaching junior A and just to find out different things. And, and certainly he's, he's been a mentor as well. So, but I couldn't, you know, I could, I can't tell you, uh, how grateful I was for the opportunity to work with Dave last year. I think that that, you know, puts me in a good stead going forward this year. Well, I mean, you, you're pretty successful in your own right. You're a four-time MJHL coach of the year. You're a two-time MJHL champion. In 2008, you were the U Sports. At that time, it would have been the CIS. Coach of the year for Canada West. And you have 669 Manitoba Junior Hockey League wins, which is one away from the all-time record. You know a lot about winning. You've had two championship teams. What are the characteristics of the championship teams you've been on? Well, both of them were, one was, they were two completely different teams. One was uh, the year in Porters, we went wire to wire. So there was a lot of pressure when you got to the playoffs uh, to continue that. Um, we had a veteran group, which was, uh, you know, we had some real good players that, that led us. In the year with the Winnipeg Blues was different. We, we finished uh, we finished fourth in our division, had to go through a Survivor Series, knocked off, you know, arguably the best team in, in our league uh, in, in five games, went through the playoffs pretty much unscathed. And, uh, you know, that was a team that, you know, everybody accepted their roles and worked hard and, and – uh, and became a real team. That was a real team, a t a real, I call a team. Like a, the year before we probably had a more talented team and, but they, did, they didn't gel as a team at the right time. And so I think, you know, what I, what I would take from that is, you know, it takes a lot of different parts of a team to, to become a good team. You need the grinders, you need the checkers, you need the scores, you need the goaltending. And, and everybody has to buy in the role for you to be successful because in the playoffs, there's going to be bumps. There's going to be 
some adversity that you have to fight through. And if you have guys that can step into those spots, uh, you know, a guy gets hurt, you have a guy that can step in and, and, and fill that spot, next man up mentality. That's, that's really what is important. You, you know, we talked a lot about your success and, and everybody likes to talk about the success, but there's also the years where you're, you're not that good. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes you sell everything the year before to go for the big run. And unfortunately the cupboards are bare for the next season. So from your toughest seasons of coaching, what have been the takeaways and the things that you've learned from those hard years? Well, really, um, especially, you know, when you're, when you're running a junior A program, you're, you're wearing a lot of hats. So you're, you're as a general manager, you're thinking about the long-term plan. As a coach, you're always thinking about today. What, how are we going to win today? So, you know, I know I can just speak to my experience with the Winnipeg Blues. You know, we had a rebuilding year. Uh, we had to move some key pieces at the deadline to bring in some players that could help us down the road. And, and I think that um, when, you're, when you have a losing team, you, know, you, you have to really identify why that's happening. Is it, is it talent? Is it character? Is it work habits? Is it structure? So it's always a self-evaluation. And as a coach, you're always self-evaluating. Did I do this or did I do that? Did I make a good decision here? Or did I make a good decision there? And it's really just a learning process, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, uh, like I said, this, the year that we won with Winnipeg, we weren't the best team, but, but we, we became the best team, like in terms of how we gelled together and, and, and did the right things at the right time. So I think that, uh, you know, certainly with Brandon, you know, we have some really good players. It's going to be up to the coaching staff to have those players fit in the right spots to allow us to have success and, and then to keep everybody engaged, to have, make everybody feel like they're contributing. And that's, that's really a key for me in terms of building a, a really good, solid team. It sounds like a lot of what you just described was creating a good culture on a team so that, you know, everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And I guess my last question for you would be, how do you develop a culture within a team? Well, I think it's part starts with the, the coaching staff. I think they have to see that we're willing to work. We're willing to be, be there for them. I think uh, it's important that at this, especially now you have to connect with the players. You have to, they have to know that you can talk to them as a person. They can come and, talk to us about anything. Uh, you know, we, when they walk through the coach's office doors, they might not get the answer they're looking for, but they'll get, you know, the, the most honest answer that we can give them. Um, and I think it's, it's really important that everybody feels like they're contributing and, and the culture is set in practice when you, with your work habits and your, and your attention to detail. And, you know, Dave, Dave Lowry, I'll refer back to him. Like he was a stickler on detail. He was a stickler on, on work habits, being on time, those types of things. And that's, that's part of the culture that uh, we want to have here in Brandon. And I think that uh, our players, our returning players for sure understand that. They're not going to see a whole lot of difference. I mean, I, I'll talk to the players maybe a little differently than, than how Dave did, but at the same time, they're going to they're gonna be able to come through the door and, and get an honest answer when they do that. And as a player, as a former player, that's what you want to hear. You want to hear that honesty from the coaching staff. Builds trust throughout the whole team. And without trust, you can't have a great team. So, Don, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today. I uh, wish you all the best as you prepare for this uh, start of the season and you have a good holidays as well. You as well, Zach. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you to Don, and we wish him all the best as he gets ready for his first season as the head coach of the Brandon Wheat Kings. 
Our last conversation today will be with the Seattle Thunderbirds first round pick, eighth overall from the 2019 WHL draft, Jordan Gustafson. I'm joined today by the eighth overall selection from the 2019 WHL draft. He went to the Seattle Thunderbirds. He's from Fort Saskatchewan, Alberta. Jordan Gustafson. Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's an interesting start to this year. I keep saying the start to this year. It's already December, which is crazy to think about. Christmas is just about here. But, you know, how has the start of this season been for yourself? No, it's been it's been really good. Uh, it's a little, little bit of a different year, but uh, our team was able to get into four games. So we had a good little four games there. And then everything got shut down, obviously. But we've been able to clear out the ODR side and we have a nice little gym downstairs. So it's been pretty good. Well, speaking about those four games, you're back with the Fort Saskatchewan U18 AAA Rangers. Uh, you've been in Fort Sask your entire life. You were the captain of the Bantam AAA team. You're the year they won the AMBHL championship. And you got six points in four games this season to start the year. But I think the stat that really caught my eye when I was going through was your playoffs last year. In 13 games, you had one goal and 12 assists for 13 points. Uh, you know, what happened in that playoffs? Did you just become a setup man? No, well, I was, I was playing with two pretty good players of Rhett Melnick and, and Ashton McNally. So we had a pretty good line there. And then, yeah, I just couldn't really couldn't really find the net. So I just figured I'd dish the puck around. So it hey, worked out good for us. And, yeah. Hey, that's a really smart move. Good. But let's, uh, let's look back on last year. You got your first opportunity to go to Western Hockey League training camp down in Seattle with the Thunderbirds. You know, what was that experience like? And I'm sure for you, you'd never been down there before. What was it just like going into the States and understanding kind of the different, uh, you know, the different culture and community that exists down in the greater Seattle area? Yeah, it's definitely a little different from, from where I'm raised. Like our Drossens, pretty small town. So the bigger city is definitely, definitely a lot different. But no, like the camp was all good. The, all, all the guys, pretty good to me. They, they brought me in and made me their own. So it was, uh, it was pretty good. A little higher adjustment, just the bigger bodies and faster pace. But I, I think I found my way, so it was a good camp. And, you know, uh, you know, as I've been talking to a lot of these guys who have gotten a chance to play in a couple of games last year in the Western League, there's a big difference between playing an exhibition WHL game and playing a regular season WHL game. What was that first game like for yourself? And, you know, how nervous were you before puck drop? Oh, I was really nervous. I was just shaking on the bench before, but... No, it's definitely, definitely good. Definitely the pace is a lot different from just the exhibition games, like you said, but it's a lot different. You can't really, you can't really take any, take any shifts off because if you take a split second off, like the other team will capitalize on you and definitely got to be a lot more defensible or like responsible on the defensive side. So all in all, it's a pretty fun experience and it's, it's pretty good. Well, you know, you're lucky in the fact that your brother, Blake, played a full season in the Western Hockey League with the Red Deer Rebels last year. What advice has he given to you and what has he he's kind of explained that you needed to do this past summer to get ready to play in the WHL this season? Yeah, yeah, he gives me, he gives me lots of advice. He just, he's a demon, I'm a forward, so he kind of tell, tells me, like, what's hired as a, as a demon to defend. So he gives me lots of advice and just, like, just little, like, ins and outs of, like, like sometimes it's it's a long season there's always going to be ups and downs so just just the ways to like kind of kind of help yourself out mentally and and also like physically just like getting stronger and you know the gym like we work out together and stuff like that so he pushes me on and off the ice to be a better person than player and you push him as well I'm sure and you know when you talk about the type of player that you are uh, another interesting fact about yourself is you don't take penalties 
In 36 combined games last year, you had 10 total penalty minutes. Uh, this year, you've got zero. Uh, you were the 2018-19 AMBHL most sportsmanlike player. Can you explain the, or can you detail the type of player that you are for a fan that's never seen you play before? Yeah, yeah, I like to see myself as a as a fast 200 foot player who can who can like dish the puck around and and obviously skate pretty good. So yeah, that's about it. Well, let's move away from the rink now. There's a lot more to life than hockey. I'm sure that you have hobbies and interests outside of the rink, or at least I hope you do. And we're just going to delve into them to help uh, people get to know you a little bit better. So we'll start with pretty easy one. When hockey, when music, when live events come back, who's the one band, artist, or musician that you want to go see live? Ooh, I mean, I'm a big country fan. I saw Garth Brooks already once, and he was pretty good, but... I'd probably like to see him again, maybe maybe another country artist like like Luke Combs or someone like that. So love to see someone like that. What's your favorite summer activity? Summer activity. I like well, we have a pool here, so I like I like swimming, I like having buddies over out here and swim in the pool. So it's nice to get outside and enjoy the time with your buds. Who's your favorite athlete outside of the NHL? Outside of the NHL. I like I like LeBron. I mean like he's he he does a lot of stuff right. He he handles good of the community and he's a beauty. So I like I like LeBron a lot. If you were to go to the Winter Olympics for a sport outside of hockey, what event would you try to go for? Oh, definitely like something like like skiing or something. I love I love skiing. I know a little hard to do right now, but that'd definitely be something in skiing. I don't know. Well, Jordan, it's been a pleasure talking with you. All the best as you get ready for the start of the Western Hockey League season. I hope that you and your family have a great holiday uh, season as well. And all the best luck to you in the future. Thanks, Zach. That is it for the WHL podcast this week. A big thank you to Connor Geeky, Don McGilvery, and Jordan Gustafson. I'm Zach Hodder. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hodder. You can follow the Western Hockey League at the WHL. And for everything WHL, check out our website, whl.ca. I hope that you're having a great week, and we'll be dropping another episode next Wednesday.